Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 21st of January 2023. And the episode's title is Burning Bridges. Catalyst is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. And did you know that the illustrator and designer is also a trained vet? And that explains the talent for charming animals and game supplements like Cute Creatures Compendium. I asked Catalyst whether RPGs treated animals well, citing you know spells which summon up wolves, use them as attack fodder, and then have them fight to the death before whatever happens to the animal happens. Catalyst has a strong answer. Keep fantasy from reality. That wasn't the only attempt at a weighty question in our chat, and the interview is up on Geek Native. You can find directions to that from the transcript linked to from the show notes. For another week, absolutely impossible to hide from, the open game license dominated the headlines. Last week, I said that wizards might have used language around winning and losing to make it look as if the fight had been settled. I noted that they would still deauthorize the OGL, but left the industry on course for a head-to-head unless someone backed down. Well, wizards backed down a bit more, and things are looking brighter now, but I think my original assessment still stands. Wizards are trying to draw a line under the drama. They've now offered a fairly accommodating Creative Commons license. For some, it's justifiably still not generous enough. Importantly, they will still deauthorise the OGL. I've emailed Pezio, although they've had scant time to reply, to see whether they'll stick by their preparedness to go to court to stop the deauthorization of the OGL, or whether the protections around the old OGL and the offer of a new Creative Commons is enough. The title of this podcast is Burning Bridges, because my mind is racing ahead to the what's next stage of the tussle. It feels to me that bridges are being burnt, and I wonder who is cutting who off. Will indie publishers be better off outside Wizards of the Coast's ecosystem? Will a wave of competing systems help or hinder the marketplace? Are newcomers to the hobby going to find it easier or more challenging without a common game to learn? If Wizards of the Coasts wanted to change the OGL to shake off what they saw as challenger companies standing on their coattails, they have, despite all the heat, actually managed to do that? Question mark. A lot, I think, depends on how buyers in the market react. If people who said they will never play 5e again stick to their guns and adopt new systems, then Wizards of the Coast have done long-term damage to themselves. If gamers forget this month and go back to D&D, then it's the third-party publishers who find the bridges have been burnt between themselves and Wizards of the Coast who will have lost out. We do have some early research to look at, and one survey found that more than 1 in 10 D&D players have quit for good. The survey from Fandom Spot talks about D&D and not 5e, so there's some wriggle room, but it says this 12% will put away their current D&D books and never use them again. A more significant number, 
47% of gamers in the 4,000 strong survey have said that they will never spend money on D&D again. Now that definitely means Wizards of the Coast products, but it's unclear whether it also means third-party 5e products or DMs Guild license downloads for which Wizards of the Coast get a cut. There are some middle ground options. There's a union of indie devs in Europe, and I think that's a quirky title. I mean, Watsy doesn't really employ them, but I get what they mean. It's a cooperation. But let's hope it doesn't become a cartel. One of the founders is the French studio Agate, which has a series of great tabletop RPGs. Their 5e game is Fateforge, a high fantasy familiar enough to suit 5e, yet different enough to feel interesting. Studio Agate has made the hall of the core of Fateforge a pay-what-you-want on DriveThruRPG. In other words, they put the commercial power firmly in the hands of the community and buyers. It's a bold move. I also think it's interesting stepping into the shoes of Free League Publishing right now. They have some big franchises to manage, with titles like Lord of the Rings, Alien and Blade Runner. Pats on the back for those games not being connected to 5e, I guess. But the OGL fight may have changed the sort of details that intellectual property owners look at. Free League have announced two different OGLs of their own. The first is a reworking of the Year Zero Engine OGL, letting people use their game engine to make new RPGs. The second is for Dragonbane and only allows third-party publishers to create supplements for Dragonbane. It makes sense. It makes so much sense that it's easy to overlook the difference. There's a gulf between a community of creators making content that makes your game more tempting by being well-supported with supplements than it is from empowering rivals to use your system to make your core rules redundant. Dragonbane is the first one. Any content created by its license will support Dragonbane. The Year Zero OGL is the second, as it is possible people will make Year Zero RPGs, which mean gamers have alternatives to Blade Runner, The Walking Dead, Mutant Year Zero, or Tales from the Loop to buy. There's also Orc. That's the open license being funded but not controlled by Pazio. We're seeing early adopters, such as uh, Project Phoenix, that's on drive through RPG already, it's free to download, but it's incomplete. It's there because they're soliciting feedback and developer support. At the helm is ex-Watsy designer Darren Drader. Or if that's all a faff and you just want to play games and care less about the system and more about the settings, then I suspect you're not alone. I think we'll see more of that. On drive through RPG, there's a free to download new edition of Denizen. That suits OSR-style engines, but especially Trokia. And that's precisely the sort of game that puts a focus on the setting and lets you pick the game engine to power it. And then there's technology. The OGL drama might see less of a hardware connection between tech systems and game systems. And I do support Wizard's goal, whether it's true and honest or not, to shrug off NFT marketplaces that tried to tap into D&D. However, Systems like Infinite Realms do not. Infinite Realms, which kickstarted, is software to turn your digital maps into something you can use a projector or a flat screen TV as a tabletop to turn your physical table into a gaming map. It's, of course, system neutral. The blog 
Links in the usual place has an Infinite Realms coupon code to discount for listeners. Now, the word count counter on my draft said there's about 10 minutes of talking time on this podcast. Half that if you're just reading the transcript. We'll see. But that's about me done. Although I've got two bundles to mention before I go. First, I will note that I'm happy to wrap up now because in a few hours I head off to see the feature length of that time I got reincarnated as a slime anime in my local cinema. And that's another anime hitting the big screen. Although I've rarely been in a packed show, there is a trend. I hope it continues, and I hope the boom in anime stays healthy. Have you seen an anime in the theatre? Now, the first of those two bundles is for the two-player Beowulf RPG, one DM and one player, with rules for followers and supporter NPCs helping the single hero. Yeah, you know, like Beowulf. The other, surprising no one, but perhaps delighting many, is a bundle of holding offer called Alternatives to D&D. So let's finish there, enjoy your week, and keep safe.